Welcome to Transition Gadgets 360's gaming and pop culture podcast. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about Call of Duty's upcoming game, Overwatch maps, a game called Vanquish, and something about Sniper Ghost Warrior 3. As always, let's start by introducing the people who are on this podcast. Um, game editor Rishi Alwani. Greetings. Podcast regular Mikhail Madnani. Hello. I should make you the podcast editor, you know. Probably. Yeah. And I'm your But host. But I'm too busy playing Zelda. <laughs> All like over Zelda in chief, am I right? Yeah. And I'm your host Pranay Parab. So I think we should start by talking about this upcoming Call of Duty game. So is it the band of brothers of this generation? Okay, before you start channeling your inner Randy Pitchford, for those of you who don't know, Randy Pitchford is the guy who runs Gearbox, known for great hits such as Battleborn and uh, Borderlands 1 and 2 and the prequel, as well as, sorry, pre-sequel, and uh, also responsible for a game called, uh, I think, uh, Brothers in Arms. And Brothers in Arms was based on Band of Brothers, which is an HBO sitcom. Oh, sorry, drama. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so long story short, uh, Call of Duty World War II was announced uh, earlier this week. And Randy Pitchford thought it would be a good idea to, you know, bait fans of Call of Duty by posting a picture of Call of Duty's artwork right next to uh, the artwork of uh, Brothers in Arms. So that would explain Pranay's jibe slash joke slash reference. Uh, that aside, um, it's looking quite interesting. I'm very interested to see what they do uh simply because we haven't had a World War 2 Call of Duty game for the longest time. I think the last one was uh if I'm not mistaken World at War which was, was which was like I think 2008 2009. It was a very fun game made by Treyarch back in the day who were known as the B team for making Call of Duty games. But now let's face it they're the kings because Black Ops 3 is still awesome. Mm-hmm. So uh anyway, uh Call of Duty World War 2 is being made by Sledgehammer Games. They're the same guys behind the really excellent Modern Warfare 3 and the Surprise Warfare and Advanced Warfare as well, but they made Modern Warfare 3 first. The studio is helmed by the guys behind games like Mike's eternal favorite Gex the Gecko and Dead Space and the Godfather games which EA made. So that's my I think uh I f- Michael Condry and one and uh Glenn Schofield. So, it's a pretty competent studio. They know what they're doing. Uh they actually revealed that a new game in, is coming out while being in the UK right next to Churchill's bunker, which is really cool. So, it gives you an idea of what to expect. Uh screenshots have been leaked. The release date has been leaked. Uh there's a private beta, uh, private because you know private's also a rank in the military and mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I hope there's going to be a general beta too for those who don't pre-order. But yeah, so there's a, a release date seems to be November 3. There seems to be a private beta for those who pre-order. PlayStation will have a one month exclusivity on downloadable content, uh which is really amusing because if you think about it there's a near monopoly situation on that. Uh reason being Destiny also has PlayStation exclusivity. Um Call of Duty PlayStation exclusivity. then you have um red dead redemption red, red, 2 yeah red dead redemption 2 also has playstation exclusive star wars battlefront star wars battlefront also has playstation exclusive so basically the three biggest shooters of the year and one which is going to be the biggest shooter as a service for the next two years uh all playstation yeah so that's the situation we're in right now and uh it's quite interesting so considering so much has already been leaked i'm guessing what's left is perhaps information on what editions to expect I'm sure there's going to be a digital deluxe edition a regular 
deluxe edition. There's probably going to be three tiers of the game. You'll have the standard, something with a steelbook, and maybe a third special edition. Now, what's interesting is that Call of Duty games, their special editions tend to be quite special. Uh, they they actually released one with a mini fridge called the Juggernaut edition. They released another one with a with a with night vision goggles, as well back in the day. So I'm quite kind of interested to see how crazy they get with the limited edition and the special editions for for World War Two more than the game itself. So yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, yeah. we've had I think there were four steelbook designs which were leaked, so they may actually do four editions for this. Yeah, that is quite possible. Or they might just do, or they just might follow a strategy that other developers, other publishers follow, wherein uh, each region gets a separate steelbook or each retailer gets a separate steelbook. That's possible. Which is pretty sad because it means if you're a fan who likes to collect this, you're pretty much going to be placing for pre-orders or you hope that it shows up on eBay for like $10 or something. Because that's, that's something, uh, I think that's something Warner Brothers did with uh, Batman Arkham City. I'm not sure if they did it with Arkham Knight. It happened with, with The Witcher 3 there where Best Buy or GameStop and I believe Target had different editions. Or There were three Steelbook editions for sure for The Witcher 3 and uh, yeah, unless you knew someone who knew someone who knew someone in Poland, it was a little hard to get all three Steelbooks. Yeah, so it's it's a, and it's Witcher fans are pretty hardcore who want everything. I think Rishi has all three steel books. I'm not gonna comment on that. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So point is, it'll be so all that aside. The screenshots is leaked showed off uh, landing on uh, the landing on Normandy and D-Day, which is like which is everyone expected. Which is no, not really because the last game to actually do that was Medal of Honor on the PS2, and what's even more interesting is that the guys who jump started Call of Duty were the same guys who made made Medal of Honor. So it's actually going back to its roots. And even better, the guys who made Medal of Honor and then who made Call of Duty are now working on Titanfall 2 and a Star Wars game. So as you can see, the talent pool seems to be a little shallow that you have the same people still doing stuff. Or maybe mm. they just like making games. But yeah, that that's the scene there. So and Which is a cool setting because it's so old, it's new. And more to do, and I don't know, the way I see it, Call of Duty seems to be like the fashion industry where it trends tend to repeat themselves. I mean, there was a point in time in the 70s where everyone wore bo- bell bottoms and that happened again in the 2000s. So I think World War II is kind of like the bo- bell bottoms. Or you could say Call of Duty is like history. It just repeats itself. Oh, you, oh so you mean it's a Ubisoft game? Yep. <laughs> uh, there was also that co-op campaign thing, right? Yes. Which apparently uh, teases to have a new story. Uh, personally, I'd be more than happy if it's just the new zombies mode. Uh, maybe it is that. We don't know because details are sparse. But what's really interesting is the intention, attention to detail that usually has that the co-op campaigns tend to have. They had some really good voice acting for the zombies campaigns in the past. Some really good top-tier uh, talent. We might see the same here. Yeah, so I guess we'll find out more in the coming weeks. Coming uh, days, probably. Coming days. Hopefully, by the time this is up, uh, the official reveal should be out. Yeah. Fingers crossed. All right. So, I think we should move to talking about Overwatch maps. I think, uh, Mike, you should okay, take over at this so, point. So, uh, Jeff Kaplan posted on the official Blizzard Battle.net forums uh, where someone asked if uh, he just, uh, a, a player basically was worried whether two new maps a year was enough and people were discussing it. So Jeff Kaplan uh, chimed in with a post which said they actually have uh, three maps which are pretty far in testing. And these would be coming into standard play, which is competitive and quick play modes. And he also said they have three non-standard maps, which would be like, uh, 
I think the what is far point Antarctica or something the map which is used in the 3v3 arcade mode yeah so they also have non-standard maps which are in testing and he said the standard maps are pretty far ahead and he expects them to all three all be out this year and which is uh, a little interesting because uh, releasing maps is a really really difficult task I think compared to releasing a new hero because uh, uh you need to like take into consideration how much double jump how far people who can double jump can reach you need to plan or, around everything to see other heroes can't exploit and uh using ptr isn't really a thing to test balance because uh, bastion bastion's buff pissed a lot of people off in the middle and uh, just relying on ptr is like a valve approach and i don't want blizzard to start doing that but so. i don't think it's going to happen though though to backtrack a bit uh, jeff kaplan is the game director for overwatch and he's a and he's all, and while yes it does make sense to have more maps because that's that's something everyone wants right in a game you, you don't want to be playing the same things same levels over and over again but i do agree with mike that uh, the approach seems to be a mix of you know complete control and laissez faire which i don't which usually doesn't work but uh, this is blizzard and and from what we've seen and how they've run games like world of warcraft and how they've run stuff like diablo uh I'm not too worried. I think it'll work out just fine because at the end of the day if there's one company that's, you know, extremely in tune with what consumers want, it's them. I mean, Kaplan also showed up on on a video reading out uh fan comments asking stuff like, you know, will we ever see Junkrat in lingerie? So, mm. I'm not too I'm not too worried about this, but uh one but what I would like to see rather instead of, you know, new maps would be actually a greater focus and clarity it would be a, a greater focus on ensuring that everyone gets the loot boxes they want but yeah that's like not going to happen so yeah but i do agree with what you said about maps they are actually quite hard to i mean uh, push out especially because there are so many characters in overwatch yeah, and so you never know which they, character they gets really, an unfair advantage so and then obviously you don't want a situation where they release a map people get used to it but then one character is overpowered so they'll have to nerf that character over there but then that will affect every other map as well so yeah it's a domino effect and the de- the, the design elements here have to really come in sync if it doesn't work out it'll be a very interesting situation and if you compare to how team fortress 2 handled this Valve just said everyone make your own maps which is what people did and i mean honestly the team fortress 2 community is not what it used to be and this yeah. comes from someone who's been playing it from day 1 so yeah i mean i'd never expect a game which is free to play to have a decent community like the moment you had a barrier of entry already cutting off a lot of the refraff so yeah. but it's team fortress 2 yeah well like it's 2017 now 2007 do you, do you still use like a landline and stuff yeah i do it's really oh, cool he still plays dota 2 <laughs> yeah though though what's amusingly amusing though is that dota 2 if you're playing rank matches you need a cell phone you need a phone number to oh, authenticate yes. and also uh, dota 2 servers there are no ranked servers for india anymore because of the small community so uh, people who play are... ranked over here will have to choose servers in singapore and around india i think there are ranked servers which are being run by nordwin i'm not sure about that but uh that is because reason being you have close to i think close to a million people playing dota 2 so i think rank servers do exist uh but what's interesting in all of this is that uh if you look at it from a pure map standpoint i think dota has that one map and with good reason hmm. you you have so many characters balance is is a pain to maintain so i i think the approach at valve is simple you have you have a few fewer maps and you 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 design characters around that so there's no drama so you know 
that's how it works with them but yeah uh, but to answer your question mike no i don't play dota 2 <laughs> uh, i'm pretty sure there was some news like this when they introduced this uh, or uh, you need a phone number to play ranked uh, mm. there was some stuff where they said that people are taking advantage of indian servers because of the lack of people playing ranked in india so there was some news about uh, uh, yeah basically they introduced a phone number to i mean reduce the number of spoof accounts your account uh, yeah so ranked is no longer available on indian servers that's yeah, yeah. confirmed that, that that's easy you're right it's confirmed mm. there are indian servers still but there is no ranked if you want to play ranked people will have to connect from india yeah. will have to play on singapore and servers around india basically yeah uh, yeah you're right uh, i i have checked this my i just checked this right now ranked's been removed and uh, i think it has to do with the fact that yeah even though are a million users you still need more to make it worthwhile because i also don't think that many people actually play ranked to begin with but yeah you're right it's it, they've been removed i was wrong there it's been removed so yeah the whole phone number thing is very interesting because it's going to they want to remove smurf accounts yeah they do but then at the end of the day uh if i'm not mistaken a smurf account is basically someone who's a pro at dota will create Ma- another account which is since it's free to play and just basically start playing and then uh, level up or like just progress really quickly Yeah, but why would you create another account to level I, up again? I'm not sure. Like, it's I mean, total. I I don't understand what the mentality is. That's that's what it is, though. So, I I'm not sure why people do it, but they do it. But now it's going to be difficult. But uh, maybe Geo uh, will help this cause. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Since everyone's getting another SIM card, maybe it'll go here, or maybe people will give Cyber Cafe now. First, we don't know how they're going to do that. Way. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's also a question of how many people actually play ranked, right? And if you think, and I don't know, speaking to uh, speaking to the resident Dota 2 uh, addict Abhinav, who, who handles our news. Oh, I thought Gagan. well played no <laughs> according to him uh, it's like most people the community is pretty toxic in itself okay. and most of people who play are just playing are not playing ranked anyway so you know i guess it's 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 a good way to you know prevent any more drama from going on yeah if avinav says it i'll believe it the guy has put in some 1500 hours in dota 2 and yet that's not enough yep clearly so all right i think we should move on um, rishi you want to talk about vanquish oh you mean the greatest game ever like so thoughts <laughs> is this like bathroom break time or something <laughs> such hate okay so what happened was uh, a couple of weeks ago sega released a game on pc called bayonetta for those of you who don't know bayonetta is a game that debuted on the ps3 and xbox 360 uh in december 2008 uh in japan and then made it to other regions in jan feb uh it was developed by platinum games at that time platinum was a new studio uh made of guys who used to work at capcom guys who worked on resident evil guys who worked on beautiful joe it was, it was a team of hardcore action action and horror genre makers and uh, what happened was uh, bayonetta ended up being a cult classic it's a game where you play as a witch uh who can basically beat the crap out of angels and eventually the first game has you squaring off against god and kill a god essentially uh but what's really cool was uh the combat the combat was super responsive it it was everything devil may cry should be wherein uh you know if if you dodge an attack at the right time time slows down and when time slows and then if you keep playing well enough you get access to really powerful summons like your hair turns into a in, into a crow or a dragon that can decapacitate your enemies it was crazy over the top and um, there was a sequel bayonetta 2 which came to the wii u it was a wii u exclusive because nintendo had funded development so that was in 2008 we had bayonetta 2 i think in 2012 2013 i i saw 2014 was bayonetta 2 and all that while people wanted to play it on the pc so sega finally released it on pc and they added a patch yesterday a small i think 
20 KB update that added uh, an icon, the that added the character avatar of the fo- of the protagonist of Vanquish in the extras folder. So people are hoping that yeah, Vanquish is coming to the PC now. For those of you who don't know, Vanquish is a crazy balls to the wall third person shooter. It's the antithesis of Gears of War. Now, Gears of War, if uh, for any of you who've played it, it's a third-person cover action shooter. You hide behind cover, take your time, shoot dudes, shoot aliens, shoot whatever. But in Vanquish, you don't use cover. You you have you have a you have a kind of a rocket engine strapped to your back, and you go sliding across the battlefield. And yes, if your timing is right, uh, when you when you pick foes and when you dodge. Time slows down. You go full max pain on them, which is really epic. It was a game where the focus was bullet ballet, where the focus was bullet time, where the focus was slowing slowing stuff down while going really fast. And heck, it was it's also that kind of over the top action where you can beat the crap out of robots with their own arms. So yeah, it was to me the greatest game of the PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty generation. And uh, to see it, and to see the hints that yeah, it's possibly going to be coming to PC. Is a big deal. It just means a whole new generation of people get to play it, which is always good. I mean, in a way, while I like consoles and exclusivity, it's always nice to see people playing good games. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know if they'll actually end up playing it though. But if it does come, it's probably going to be a twenty dollar release, which would be five sixty five rupees. Uh we had Bayonetta at around six hundred. Okay, so, so it'll fall in the same price range. Okay, so yeah, six hundred and sixty-five. Then I think. Yes, yes, six sixty. So yeah, that's how much it would be when it releases. Uh, it was teased by someone at Platinum when Kotaku interviewed them, and they asked if there was going to be a PC port, and they said if you can switch off the recording, we might be able to, or first switch off the recording and then let's talk or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they basically hinted at that. So when they announced Bayonetta was coming, I was a little surprised, but. They might do this, and uh, uh, who published Anarchy Reigns? Was uh, it Sega? That was Sega as well. And it's another platinum game, so that might be the third game they do after this. But uh, I wouldn't expect much because Sega usually releases a game, it's successful, then they'll follow it up with some mediocre Sonic port on PC. <laughs> so let's see. Hey man, Sonic Mania is not mediocre yet. We haven't played it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Vanquish is a thing. So if you haven't played it, check it out. It is, and what's going to be interesting though is that if Vanquish comes to Steam first, it means that PC gamers get to play Vanquish before Xbox One gamers with their, you know, precious backwards compatibility, which is something to think about. So yeah. Yeah. All right. So moving on, I think it's time to mention this game that I'm looking at right now. It's called Sniper Ghost Warrior Three. So um, Rishi, I understand that uh, you were the first to review this game. Uh yeah, and I I let's just say if there's one time I can actually claim doing greater good, it's playing Sniper Ghost Warrior Three. The game is bad, hmm. and like so, it's really sad, right? Because it's a franchise that's made its money on really cool shooting mechanics, on really cool sniping mechanics, and that works quite well here. But the problem is. Why do I have to wait four minutes and sixteen seconds to get into a game? Mm. And this is after three patches mm. on the PS4 Pro. Mm. Now it's another story altogether. If this was if this game wasn't patched and I played it, and you know, fine, loading times are loading times. But this is after three patches, which is why I'm very disturbed that uh, in this day and age, we're having really bad quality of life issues such as loading times this this was a problem back in the ps2 and playstation one day uh, playstation one days during the ps3 era uh developers went to the extent of allowing you to install a portion of the game onto your hard drive to prevent this 
Now, considering the PS4 lets you install an entire game on the hard drive, it forces you to. Yeah, like, because your disc is still is just DRM on consoles exactly. right now. Exactly. Everything is installed so on the hard. So the question is, what the hell is going on here? So that aside, it's really tragic because there is a decent game behind all this nonsense, such as loading times. I mean, the the sniping mechanics are pretty good, but everything else around it, be it the open world, be it the ghost and warrior. elements of it. So, it's called sniper ghost warrior because sniper sniping is one thing you do. Being a ghost is acting all stealthy and being a warrior is well using non-sniping weapons like a rifle. The the rifle shooting is bad. The stealth is kind of iffy, broken like and at the end of it it just results in a very bizarre game which I frankly don't think is worth the cost of entry which is 4000 bucks. So, yeah, no. Uh, I I I don't think anyone should play this in the current state it's in. Hopefully things get fixed at least uh from what I'm hearing the PC version isn't that bad. But I mean let's be honest man uh you'd expect a studio that's going to make so the last two the, the last two sniper games were quote unquote budget releases, right? And they did well well for the price they were asking. But now if you're going to tell people to pay full price for something that isn't of a decent quality, why would you play that? Especially uh, so. like what one or two months after Sniper Elite 4. Yeah, and Sniper Elite 4 is surprisingly good. That's the scary part. So, there are like only two of these games in the same kind of genre and Sniper Elite 4 is made by the guys at Rebellion in UK. Uh they've been making so they take a more over the top approach where if you know aim the gun and shoot the bullets at the guys going at you get x-ray vision and see where it hits. Mm. and this is a more sober sanitized american guy trying to save the world mm. kind of game and it just falls flat so yeah you might want to avoid that that the, the loading times are one of the biggest offenders in this game among others like for example uh you for in the rare occasion you see a civilian passing by in his car okay you stop the car try to shoot you shoot down the door completely the door is removed from the car and you try getting in but you're meted with a message that says vehicle locked wow yeah like that's not acceptable i mean if you're going open world go open world properly you don't do yeah, it yeah exactly that reminds me of mass effect andromeda where if you left like a certain area it'd say warning leaving mission area that is the worst thing in any open world game yeah this I, started with watch dogs one yeah this i remember driving and it just like it used to teleport you back or something it's no, just nonsense yeah. and the the only game i think that doesn't have this is i think mike's favorite game of all time legend of zelda it's not my favorite game of all time oh sorry favorite game of the last 20 years But yeah, point is Persona Five <laughs> can't can't do it because if you leave Mission Area, Persona Five. Oh wait, but yeah, dude. So I think the only game that does open world game that doesn't do this is Legend of Zelda. No, even a GTA Five doesn't, I guess. Uh, Unless you're on a mission. Actually, yeah, if you're it like does. flying in a specific it mission, it'll like it does. So you, I think yeah. Zelda is the only one that doesn't do this. Yeah, which yeah. is tragic a little, but yeah. So that's the thing. It's it's just that that one trope is the worst thing about open world games. Like it's an open world. Let me do what the hell I want. Let me approach a mission from the way I want to. Don't tell me I'm leaving the mission area. And yeah, Sniper Elite does that too. It's just sad. Elite or Ghost Warrior? Sorry, Ghost Warrior, not Elite. Elite doesn't have that issue. Yeah, I'm looking at your review. You gave it a five on ten, which is a pretty low score. To be perfectly uh, no, honest. Ah no, what's low is actually Order of Eighteen Eighty Six and Homefront Revolution. Those mm. got fours, I think. Yeah. yeah, remember Real Cricket Premier League. Oh yeah, that got a that got a one, but that was reviewed by you know a, a nice outstanding citizen who actually 
took time out of his busy schedule to, to you know check out what's up with IPL stuff so yeah we've had a, it's been a very weird month considering how many poor games managed to slip through but yeah i guess it's because we're we're still away from e3 we're still a while away before the big set of releases come out but yeah yeah and most of these poor games have not been on the xbox right because on the xbox pretty much nothing has released Oh, City Skylines just released, and that's surprisingly good It's from what really I've been hearing. With plays with the controller, and for some reason, the developers haven't uh, added that to the PC version, and uh, the community's responses use a Steam controller. <laughs> like, unfortunately, some of us have standards when we use controllers. So now, now it's not that bad. It's pretty much using a mouse and keyboard because when you want controller support, you expect the UI to scale as well. Like the whole reason True. to play controllers, like you just mentioned it yourself. Like you don't want to play. Uh, a game like uh, what is it? Uh, World of Warcraft. Not World of Warcraft. Uh, what Dawn is the game? Dawn of War Three. Yeah, Dawn of War Three. Because you're like it. It doesn't scale well on a TV screen. Yeah. So I, the mo- the moment you want controllers about, you'd expect every the text to be bigger because, I mean, why would you want to sit at your desk and play with a controller for one of these games? So yeah. Yeah, UI and scaling is something. So yeah, City Skyline just launched on Xbox One, but other than that, like uh, they also had that Voodoo Vince remastered, but like. Oh, I don't think anyone cares about that. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, we move on to your favorite topic, that is uh, streaming PC games on the Nintendo Switch. Oh yeah, totally. Like yeah. that's why I bought the Switch. No, so uh, a developer announced the release, or not the release. He just announced he was working on a game called, a uh, working on an app called Rainway, which would be available on the eShop. I'm not sure how, which would allow you to stream PC games to the Nintendo Switch. Now, this would be like remote play on the vita when you have something on your ps4 but uh, i honestly do not think nintendo is going to approve this and he said that he has a way of uh, a browser based application which he would allow for use on xbox and ps4 right rishi yes but what's interesting is though the guy who's announces is the same developer who's made borderless gaming which apparently is super useful for pc gamers i've never had to use it or had any resolution issues or i've needed to use it uh But what's really tragic is two things here. One, that people assume Nintendo is actually going to let them get away with it, and two, people actually thinking this is going to be a reality. Because let's be honest here, streaming services like this, if you look at the business model, aren't done for free. They're usually paid in some fashion or another. Look at Plex for that matter, right? So, and and most of them eventually end up having a, a subscription charge attached to it, or at least a one-time fee attached to it. So is that something people will be willing to do? I don't know. And the other thing we're 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 forgetting here is while the Switch has the same hardware as an Nvidia Tegra, an, an Nvidia Shield or Tegra laptop, I mean sorry tablet, uh, which allows for streaming. The problem is, do you guys actually think Nintendo would let that would let it fly? You're trying to tell me Nvidia would let that fly because if something like this were to go down, it would look it would reflect poorly on Nvidia as well. So. I think it's just going to end up being a pipe dream. Uh, it may be possible on other consoles, but I don't see it happening on the Switch. Like, uh, why would Nintendo allow this? Because you have a lot of indie games which come out on multiple platforms. Usually, they launch on Steam before coming otherwise. Now, like someone would take the case of India. Indie games are usually they have India pricing on Steam, so a game will be like say seven hundred and twenty-nine on Steam. Uh, you just pick it up there and stream it to your Switch while you're at home playing it. You save, and it's going to be thirty dollars on the Switch. So yeah. Yeah. Why would you do that? So, so the- Nintendo's going to lose out on revenue over there, and uh, I just do not see it happening. Like 
and plus uh, also microsoft uh, even though they somehow allow emulators once in a while before they get bad press and like this whole emulation thing is a gray area uh, they they already have a thing to let you stream pc games to the xbox one yeah they so, do so you I'm... already have these services so uh, i just think this is like trying to just drum up support or like just trying to get some hype rolling for what will actually end up just working on one or two other platforms not switch and then if you also think about it because uh, at the end of the, the there is still a lot of attention around the switch there's still a lot of hype around the switch i mean we're also a little guilty of it a lot of the times when we speak to game developers we do bring up the switch because it's a talking point for a lot of people i think it's just trying to profit off that and mm. and secondly what's also off off amusement is uh, the fact that you can't expect this to actually function it's this is like this is essentially the the streaming or hardware equivalent of that guy who, of those people who are going to make red dead redemption in GTA 5 using modding tools not going to happen you're going to yeah. be struck down so it's nice to think about nice to dream about but let's be really honest here you want to play pc games play them on a pc you want to play switch stuff you buy a switch if you try merging the two well it doesn't work because last i checked nintendo doesn't own valve and vice versa and mm. yes valve not microsoft <laughs> all right then i suppose that's all as far as the news this week is concerned so we should talk about the games we've been playing in uh, the past week mike you want to go first it's the usual legend of zelda and overwatch and zelda boring shit no 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 mm. so i haven't actually played much overwatch because uh, because yeah too much stuff to review or whatever game got boring no no game is still fun in fact like before coming to record played two games good fun <laughs> uh been playing a lot of puyo puyo tetris on uh, ps4 it's been really good i already had the vita version which uh, rishi got for me from japan so it's a lot of fun it combines puyo puyo pop which most people might know and tetris which is another thing everyone knows and But, it has uh, so if i'm not mistaken puyo puyo what you you basically have to match up four blobs right yeah puyos are these blobs and you have to match up four close to each other to pop them and as opposed to tetris where you have to just form lines like horizontal yeah. lines yeah. when tetraminos which are those shape blocks fall from the sky uh puyo puyo tetris has like a story mode which combines characters from both universes it's pretty weird but it hasn't pissed me off like some fighting game story modes street fighter 5 Uh, the the thing that pisses me off most about that story mode is it's a 9 GB download. What? Yeah, it's a 9 GB download for like a 2 hour garbage story mode which literally makes me want to reduce my review score for that game. It's just bad. So Wait, 9 GB? I'm yeah. still trying to like process so that. So the story mode which shipped was basically just these random like artboards yes, yes. which led to fights. Yes. But now there's a cinematic story mode which is yeah, it's a separate free DLC which they added. and everyone apparently we should be happy about this with capcom like thank you for letting me giving me the privilege of downloading 9 gb of a garbage hashtag #games as a service so so yeah anyway uh, puyo, puyo. back to puyo puyo so it has like a ton of modes with modifiers and like uh, i i'd recommend picking it up like there's a free demo to try on the switch if you have one uh it's like just you need to play it to figure out if you're going to get addicted to it the demo is quite content there are a lot of content so really really liked it and uh, rishi's also been playing that but uh, so puyo puyo tetris legend of zelda making more progress in that uh, i have a feeling i'm about 40 50 hours from the end <laughs> yeah like i'm i'm already like nearing 60 i think right now so it's so it's basically really what two days right you're done i wish 
so that and i just started playing this indie game called flint hook which is like a rogue like meets spider man you have this hook which you can grapple around quickly and uh, it it plays a lot like the binding of isaac and enter the gungeon in terms of the mechanics but i'm just early on in that music and visuals are really good so sounds a bit like the bionic commando idea where you had like a bionic arm yeah that does it yeah, does you throw it anywhere and be like a hook for you so over here they're like uh the things which you can hook on it's not anything mm. so there are these targets which you can uh grapple on to mm. and all but like yeah i need to play more like just finish the first boss fight which took a while so we'll probably figure out more stuff but yeah basically but wait that. spider-man so is the music by nickelback because a hero can save us mm. yes i went somebody there. throw him out of okay room. prana i'm not gonna stand in your way so now you don't <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? Really, podcast over. <laughs> okay, so this week I haven't had much time to play games. Uh, mostly been looking forward to Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is coming out quite soon after this podcast goes live. Okay. Can't wait. Anyway, but the games I've been playing so far are once again lots of Steam World Heist. I mean, Mike, you were really I mean <laughs> correct about that game. That game is excellent. Uh, I mean, I realize that you can't really use the same strategy in every level. Uh, basically, for those who don't know, it's a turn-based uh, action tactics shooter. 2D. Yeah, 2D also with great artwork, very nice story, and, and very good controls. Yeah, excellent controls. I've been playing it on my iPhone, and even though I feel like zooming in quite a few times, I yeah, feel that yeah, you really need to get an iPad. Yeah, that's that's so true. But I mean, by and large, I realize that you can you can't use the same tactics in every level and get away with it. I tried it, and the first uh, zone it worked quite well. but in the second zone onwards i'm actually regretting not leveling up other characters other than the three i really like so now i'm doing that and actually experiencing like better success in in future levels and other than that i started a bit of persona 5 and i think i played it for about like a couple of hours didn't get also basically far. just the title screen yeah more or less <laughs> <laughs> nobody yeah, had that game is actually going to take you at least 100 hours yeah play. yeah so but yeah i'm i'm on the way somewhere and yeah we'll we'll see how that goes so so far like it's still you know i was basically started it all over again and my friend was at home and even he was commenting on the fact that this game has some crazy ui uh, i mean all the even the way the menu pops up like you hit the option button and all those uh, options pop up uh, from that to the animations everything is like totally different much unlike anything i've seen till date in in any game i've played and uh, yeah other than that uh, got like started with this game called the sexy brutal brutal yeah brutal yeah so that's a very strange game to be perfectly honest it's mystery meets deformed characters meets pseudo time travel yeah it and a mansion does. of sorts of a monster it it yeah. looks it looked really good the music seemed really good in whatever trailers i've seen i haven't gotten it yet there's a physical copy coming out in the next few days so i'm waiting to pick that up yeah so i started playing it and actually quite surprisingly i am like hooked already so let's see how that goes i mean usually you can't exactly judge by what, how the game feels in the first 10 minutes um, but it at least is a good idea that the game has a nice enough hook right at the beginning okay yeah so well rishi yeah well so i've been playing a bit more of dawn of war 3 because for some reason the multiplayer is growing on me and the multiplayer is inspired by mobas so take that as you will mm. uh that aside been playing a lot of puyo puyo tetris on the switch it's really good uh but i still feel it's a missed opportunity that there's no touch screen controls it would be really nice if they added that but that's not there 
um our review went up the game's pretty good it's worth checking out there is a bit of a learning curve something to keep in mind go through all the tutorials if you plan on playing it yeah the puyo puyo side of things you really need to yep. plan in advance and yeah. uh, like trying to play online again so like right now it, we've been playing it pre-release yes uh, so it's been available in japan for a while now on both switch and on ps4 which it's available on in english so right now the leaderboards and all the online rooms are full of japanese players who know their shit so i i just like tried it just to see like high level gameplay where they destroy you in like probably like 10 seconds the game ends yeah this is like to me this is this is actually and this is as close as we're ever going to get to a, to me at least a legitimately cerebral e-sport but that's just me yeah fight me in the comments kids but that aside uh been playing sniper ghost warrior 3 as you already know and have been spending a lot of time on the iphone playing free blade which is a warhammer 40000 game where you control an imperial knight which is a giant walker and you shoot the crap out of everything the game looks so good plays so well and yeah i'm kind of late to the party because this was announced uh when the 6s was announced during during apple's 6s event but it runs really well and for some reason my iphone gets really hot but it's awesome worth checking out it's free and there are no ads which is surprisingly cool and it's a, yeah something worth checking out there it's also an android too a game right where there was like a turn based uh, i think it was a turn based rpg sort of a game yeah the in a fantasy setting yeah. i i did check that out as well back in the day when that yeah, came out yeah. but this one's really fun surprisingly yeah. fun it's basically an on rail shooter but it works really well mm. the controls just work and it, i kind of rig- it It, I think it's the only thing that makes me regret not getting a seven plus just for the gr- bigger screen space. Yeah. But it's a really cool game. Worth checking out. It's even on Android, so yeah, you guys should check that out. Yeah. All right. So I suppose that's all we have for this episode, and we will see you with another episode of Transition next week. As always, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Gadgets Three Sixty. You can also email us with your feedback, questions, comments. If you think anything Rishi has said. that has offended you please email us at uh, podcast at gadgets360.com yeah and the music for this episode comes from magnus solai paulson whose album ppp ppp is where the tracks are found <laughs>